Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Peter. Hello Ben. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm okay. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm alright over here. Where are we climbing today? Where, where, are, we where are we traversing? We yeah, little PNG, PNGita. And, oh, of uh, course. Of course, the PNG, the, the P. Ben Jeter Austin. Yeah. Potter. Yeah. Oh, how terrible. Um, it is... It's half past ten in the morning at time of recording. It's not it good. Um, what about? Um, do you think we can do Teletubby Land? Um, I mean, or are there some legal issues there? I don't know if a if a JPEG exists of high enough quality True. for us to traverse it. Cameras you know. had only just been invented back then, I think. Right, and also it's not that big, so it looked like we were sort of walking ironically slow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've thought of another one which also wouldn't actually work, but I do just want to vocalise this idea. What about mm. the, the cheesy landscape from the end of A Grand Day Out that the, the cooker skis across? Okay, if I can find a decent enough photo of that. Oh, I don't think you'll find a high-res one. Okay. Um, I was just, I wanted, to, I wanted to say it, but I don't think we should do it. Okay, what, just, right. just some, some kind of famous place. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> You ever been to Disneyland? Uh, I've been to Disneyland Paris, yeah. Okay. That's not as much of a novelty then. What about um, the Sahara Desert, just a sort of sand dune? Okay. Yeah? Let's do that. Let's go to the Sahara Desert. Okay. Mm. Love it. Yum, yum. Brilliant. Welcome along, everyone. This is a video game podcast, I promise. Uh, we are actually sponsored each and every show by a relevant video game entity. Different sponsor every time. For some reason, we just can't keep them nailed down. I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, got a brand new sponsor for this week. I've got the ad read here. Are you ready for the ad read? Yep. I am. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, huge news. It's coming out. In fact, some of you might have it already because they're releasing it early. Mm. Uh, but Square Enix have announced a brand new partnership with which to enjoy Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it is, uh, you can cash it in. At your local supermarket, make sure you only go if it's, you know, you're doing your essential shopping anyway. Don't make a special trip for it. No. And uh, it's called Final Fantasy VII Cheesecake. 
and oh, is the wow. perfect partner for your Final Fantasy VII remake experience. Oh, that sounds delicious. Is it sort of yeah. a, a little Final Fantasy biscuit base mm-hmm. and some Final Fantasy mascarpone on top? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, 100%. Boy. And there's a little bit of uh, dusting of sugar on top in the yeah. shape of uh, Cloud's Buster Sword. Oh, wow. Well, that mm-hmm. that sounds like an excellent partnership. Doesn't and, it? Uh, do you know what? I'd be in, uh, in fact, it's so, so good that I'd be really disappointed if it wasn't true. Just putting that out wow, there, I'd be really, really sad if that turned out to be a lie. It's a good thing it's not a lie. There are mm. limited uh, quantities available. And uh, just make sure you, you cash it in. You just go to uh, squareenix.com forward slash Final Fantasy 7 dash remake dash cheesecake dash buy now dash pick up boppers pick up in store. Oh. And, uh, and, and then it says forward slash this is all a lie, you big idiot, you stupid idiot. What is what? wrong with you dot idiot forward slash you big buffoon. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Colon left parentheses. Yeah, unfortunately, the Final Fantasy VII cheesecake. It's not real, it's a lie. I lied to you, I'm sorry. Um, That's -hmm. because the real sponsors, Peter, they're over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where you can support us and uh, you can ask questions on this show for as little as $1 a month. That is 25 cents a week or 20p a week. However, we do obviously encourage you to give slightly more than that if you can. We have other tiers available and, you know, it all really helps. But if you want to ask questions and get involved in the show and you're not already a patron, maybe consider getting involved. Uh, Patreon, you know, is a scary thing. Some people, you you know, I can't be bothered to do another subscription-based thing every month. I'm already doing the Netflix. Well, question for you. Do you consume a lot of our content, perhaps maybe on par with Netflix. Yeah. Some people do. Some people spend a lot of time on YouTube, more time than on Netflix. I know I do. So yeah. maybe consider giving back if you're able to. I know these are uncertain times, but patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where you can ask a question just like... Sputnik. Just like Sputnik. It's all in caps, actually, so it's sort of... Sputnik! Um, Spotnik asks a question, and it's about Final Fantasy VII Cheesecake, or Mm. Remake. Um, Spotnik asks, or says, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake has been made available in Australia nine days early, and Square Enix has confirmed a staggered release around the world, due in part to the COVID, or should I say, the the C-19 pandemic, causing Mm. shipping issues. Uh, how do you feel about them and uh, possibly other publishers staggering the release of their games during these rough times? It's only the physical copy of the game that's available early, and it does come with a disclosure that, in theory, prevents people from posting videos or spoilers of the game. So, there we go. Uh, yeah, they're gonna, though, aren't they? I mean, not necessarily spoilers, but if you're a streamer and you got that game early... Yeah. You, I mean, you right? You're not doing anything wrong. And they're not uh, gonna be signing anything presumably i guess uh, i mean i don't know actually what comes with it uh, what what this sort of uh, statement is by square enix but it, it's probably something that's kind of says please don't rather than you are not allowed to uh so yeah people will be streaming it as soon as they receive it i think they put a play out on the social medias just saying hey uh some of you are going to get this early please maybe don't mm. please maybe just don't because while it's a 20 year old game uh, there are new things in there, and some yeah. people aren't going to want the spo- the spoily spoils. So please don't, please don't. However, in terms of how I feel about 
sending out copies of games early, I think that's it just makes sense, doesn't it? I know the digital aspect isn't affected and that almost feels like it's punishing digital consumers. But yeah. really, these are these are wild times right now. Th- mm-hmm. This is not the norm. This is when everything goes back to normal eventually. This is uh, this is not going to continue. It'll go back to well, you know, digital players can play from midnight, and physical players can play whenever the postman or woman decides that their game is going to show up on their doorstep. Yeah. Uh, so I think it makes perfect sense for now. My copy was dispatched yesterday at the time of recording on the second. It's the game's not due out until the tenth. So right. I don't know if I will be getting it early. Quite frankly. I really hope I don't, because I've got Resi 3 to play, and I just don't have enough time. Well, for me, um, you know, we ordered uh, a physical copy of Resi 3 on the company for for me to to play and and quipscope on. Um, We ordered it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if it's been dispatched yet, actually, because it was done on Adam's, you know, company account. But uh, I wouldn't be... in, In the past... I've never really, I don't recall ever ordering, pre-ordering a game and not having it arrive on release day physically. Um, mm. That's just my experience. Maybe that's not always typical, but um, it's on today at time of recording is release day for Resi 3 and it's not arrived today, which is it's, it's a first for me. And, you know, it could be just, just because, just because, or it could be because of um, the C virus. So, well, which would be slightly ironic it being resi 3 but um so i understand that there are there are issues um whether whether c virus is causing my issue here and now i don't actually know but i'm aware that it could very well be the the reason and i think staggering these things if it's gonna in the in the long run help everyone and be more efficient even though there's going to be some people who are disappointed and some people who get a nice early surprise uh that they weren't expecting you know, I think overall the idea is that there is the the sort of it's it's damage limitation, isn't it? There are the, the yeah. fewest number of disappointed people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's I think it's a good idea. I think it's necessary, like I you think, say, it's yeah. wild times right now. It makes sense, and yeah. also, dare I say, encourages more people to potentially buy the game twice. Yeah, maybe so. If, they're, if they really want to play it. I'd like to yeah. think that that wasn't at the forefront of their mind when making this decision. However, mm. if you were told nearly two weeks in advance, oh, by the way, if you order physical in this region, there's a good chance you'll get it tomorrow. Yeah. There's, a, there's a very good chance that people will either cancel their digital or they won't be able to and they'll just think, ah, oh, screw it. I've been waiting for this game since 1997. I'm just going to go ahead and buy it twice. But you also make a good point there in that we've been waiting for this game since 1997. And even if you say, well, you know, I didn't know back then they were going to make a new, what, a, you know, a, a remake. Well, we've been waiting for this game for, I don't know, how long has it been now? Three years, four years since oh, yeah, they announced long, it? Long old, like 2014, 2015. Right, yeah. That, that um, so, you know, you've been waiting that long. You know, worst case scenario, you might be waiting a... I don't know, a week more than you thought after release day. And I know that's a bit difficult and you've waited long enough already. But at the same time, you know, people are dying out there. Um, So, you know, your game will come and don't don't worry too much about it. If you if you are going to be getting this late, uh, later than you expected, you know, it's okay. It will come. You've, You've waited long. You waited a long time. Just a few more days and you'll have it in your hands. Yeah. Or buy it twice. Get just magic more money, you know. 
It's not yeah. that hard. Just just create money out of thin air and buy mm. it twice. It's super simple. Also, you'll probably be thankful that you're. That some people will have to wait until actual release date because the longer this goes on, and there's a good chance it's going to last for a good long while, at least until a vaccine is available, mm. uh, the longer this goes on, the fewer and fewer games are actually going to be coming out. You know, And that goes for all media. Films, True. TV, games. Yeah, they can work from home a bit, but The Last of Us Part 2 just got delayed indefinitely because understandably mm. that doesn't... You know, certain aspects just don't translate to working remotely. And yeah. films, they all need, they need a huge crew, so they're off. TV shows, same thing. Lots of TV shows and films have been shot and they're done. Films want to wait until everyone can go to the cinema, although they might rethink that when we see how much longer we have to all stay inside. They might just yeah. release it digitally. Uh, but certainly TV shows, once they're edited and aired, there's no more TV until people can make more TV. And it's the same with games as well. So there's a very real chance that actually... As crazy as this year sounds for releases, we're going to reach a point where after that, we're going to be waiting quite a while before anything comes out. Yeah, so, you're so right. So just, uh, just savor it. Just savor it. As much as, you know, we're, we're in sort of a rush period at the moment of a billion games coming out at once, but try not to fly through them as, uh, as quickly as you can because, you know, we are going to run out of games if this continues for a while. Well, they're doing that on on the TV at the moment, aren't they? On certainly on British TVs, certain channels are doing a lot of reruns of things to kind of pad out the uh, you know pad out the schedule. Um, but there is still I've I've read articles about you know how oh such and such a show which was you know slated for for November is now being brought forward. So there's new stuff coming out, but they're mm. they're obviously making a point not to just bring out all the new stuff now to fill yeah. in the gaps they know that like well look let's spread out this new stuff that we do have ready mm-hmm. over the year and fill the gaps in between those with reruns and and things like that which uh and yeah you can you can artificially do that yourself with your gaming as you say by yeah. uh not not rushing in to play everything immediately brand new you know absolutely so, it's it's safer. like what i've been it's like what I've been doing with you, because you actually died at some point in the 50s. And yeah. we've just had all these Peter Austin sound files for, you know, for the past 60 years. And the, 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 honestly, the, the crowds, they were going wild. They wanted all the Peter Austin right now. It's mm-hmm. 1952. I want all of my Peter Austin right now. And I said, no, we can't. Or sorry, I should say my estate. The estate of Potter said, no, we can't be releasing all of Peter Austin now. Because in 2020, on the 3rd of April, what on earth are you going to do when you want your Peter Austin fix? So we've been sort of drip-feeding Peter Austin over the last half century. Uh, Otherwise, we would have just run out of Peter Austin. And the same principle applies to games. Yeah. It's it's really lucky that before I died, you Mm. recorded me saying every word of the English language. Brilliant. It, it's pretty smooth as well. I don't think anyone's yeah. noticed so far, so I may have just outed our whole... I mean, my whole opera, because you're not sentient, because obviously you're dead. Um, so, but would would a, would a dead person know what section's coming next, Peter? <laughs> it's time for what we... It's time for what we play in. Peter, what have you been playing? Um, I have been playing a game that has been thoroughly enjoyable uh, on my live streams. I've been playing Scribblenauts Unlimited, mm-hmm. um, which is a game I 
purchased and played a long time ago. Um, I think maybe even way, way back, almost pre... God, is it that old? Is it is it a pre-What Culture game? Um, uh, I don't know about Unlimited, but certainly the the original one is. I know the, oh, I know okay. the original was. Uh, Scribblenauts Unlimited... Um, I think it's older than we think, but okay. Uh, let me just see when it came out. 2012, yeah. Whoa, okay. Yeah, Scribblenauts Unlimited came out in 2012. So I think even before What Culture, I bought that game thinking it was good, um, you know, YouTube video content. I thought it would be a lot of fun. I was going to make, you know, a sort of Let's Play series of it on my personal channel. Never did it in the end. And it's sort of been sitting in my Steam library ever since. And. Mm since we picked up streaming again um with triple jump it's it's always been there as a as an option and i've kind of been putting it off thinking oh it's an old game you know and it's it's a bit twee looking um and then i decided no you know what now's the time and oh it's been really good there's it's it's one of those games that's really good for audience interaction and chat and streaming and stuff because Mm -hmm. you know at the same time i've been finishing off um halo combat evolved um you know i I played the last uh the last chunk of that stream last week i guess um and that was super fun but turned out to be less uh stream friendly as i would have liked but scribble knots is so good everyone can suggest um for those who don't know, actually, for anyone who's not been watching the streams or has not heard of the game, uh, you play this little as this little boy who's got a magical pencil and notepad, and he runs around this world and encounters people who have problems, and they say things like, "Oh no, my cat's stuck in the tree," uh, or "Oh, we need a new fountain for the center of the square. What would you like?" And you use your pencil and paper to spawn items in, and the game is very, very versatile in that it's got like a million items possible like anything almost anything you can think of except branded stuff um and then you can also stick adjectives in front of uh, any noun so you can make it enormous or tiny or murderous or you know naked so the chat have had a lot of fun thinking outside the box trying to solve these puzzles um, I may have mentioned this in the in the previous what we playing actually I don't even remember at this point it's all just sort of blurring into one because I've been sitting at this desk for about what feels like a year yes but, um, uh, but yeah that's 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 what I've been playing mostly and uh, yeah I've been really enjoying it um, obviously we played a bit of Minecraft as well we're continuing to do that yeah um, but yeah Scribble Notes has become the highlight of my week and I don't really want to stop there's a bunch of games now that I want to move on to for streaming obviously Resi um, but also Jedi Academy came out on PS4 recently. Um, mm-hmm. I've got it on Steam anyway, so if I do end up playing it, I'll probably just play the Steam version just because it'll be easier because I'm all set up for PC gaming. But yeah, I, I, I sort of don't want to move on from Scribble Noughts. But I guess, you know, doing two streams a week, I can, I can always do one Scribble Noughts a week and then something else as well. You can. So uh, yeah, that's, that's... The world's your oyster. Absolutely, yeah. But that's what's getting getting me through right now, just knowing that, it's not long before we go and spawn in the actual Billy Ray Walrus that we created and the Scandal <laughs> Penguin and now Steven Seagull. They all follow me around. They're all my friends in the game. Nice. And in real life. Mm. Absolutely. So I'm just drinking my tea there. My goodness. Yeah. How dare you. Uh, ben, what about you? What are you playing? I have been playing 
Manuel things. Mm-hmm. I have finished off Doom Eternal. Yeah. That was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was, uh, you know, it had the uh, rip and tear. I still, I still insist that the platforming actually is just not very good. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Um, I really just want to sprint from room to room and destroy stuff. And I know it breaks up the breaks up the gameplay a little bit and maybe I'd I'd get a bit bloated and sick of, of all the ridiculous fun shooting stuff one mm. after the other. But man, it's just not very good. I don't think the platform is very good. The game is fantastic though. I really enjoyed it and uh, I would highly recommend it. It's Great. good fun. Great fun. I've played Animal Crossing for like an hour before bed every night. I'm seeing people post their amazing houses and saying, oh, I'm going to Tarantula Island to make a 50 billion bells a day. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, Isabel gave me this thing, blah, blah, blah. I've only just got Isabel. Uh, right. So I feel like I'm just not maybe playing this properly. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. But I have like I feel like maybe I'm just not doing it right because everyone is m- a million miles ahead of where I am. Um but you can create your own national anthem for your island, or your island anthem, I should say. And it gives you a tiny little note selector screen. And I did manage to create a rough version of uh, Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh, nice. Love it. So every time I go into the museum, it plays that song. It plays that little tune, but in Animal Crossing noises. Yeah, sort of squeaky uh, singing. Yeah, I think if people come and visit my island, they'll get the same thing. But again, I don't really understand how that works either. I don't understand how to get people on my island or go visit other people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit turned around by it, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I'm playing it at like midnight. And so everything is shut in game. All the island residents have gone to bed and it's just, I don't, there's just, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm experiencing a weird twilight version of animal crossing i'm still liking it i'm, I'm having fun but i just uh, i don't really know what i'm doing so <laughs> just just taking along in that uh resident evil zero i played like six hours of that oh six, wow seven okay hours of that um that game is an awful lot like resident evil one as you would expect yeah how'd you how'd you like those those weird tank controls for aiming how do you like those fixed camera angles fixed how'd camera you like angles dude yeah being in the same environment for about four hours while you run in and out of the same few rooms to try and work out a puzzle to open a door. That's what we love. That's yeah. the resi we love, isn't it? That's the uh, one it, um, with the train, isn't it? With the it with is. the leech man on it. It certainly is. Yeah, that's oh, he's gross. He is disgusting. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's Resident Evil. It's early Resident Evil, albeit some kind of remake or is it no it's just made in the same engine as the resi one remake for gamecube i think yeah it's just a sort of prequel but it was a new game at the time yeah 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 it's 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 okay it's it's all right um yeah i'm I'm not saying i'm not enjoying it but it's uh it's fine what made you play that what what why did you get a hankering for that it was 3.99 okay and And you love uh, a bargain love a bargain needed something to stream on videos and so i picked that uh-huh. Because uh, it was just super cheap. And I thought, oh, mild spooks. Let's go for that. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Borderlands 3's new DLC, Gun, Guns, Love, and Tentacles, is out. Oh. And that's all based around sort of... Uh, it's based around two two of the characters going to get married. And uh, they choose to get married in a place that is completely inhabited by 
sort of eldritch nightmare cults. Of course they do, because it's uh, Borderlands. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? It's it's very, what is the HP Lovecraft, that's what I'm looking for. It's all mm. tentacles, it's all Cthulhu stuff and imagery, and, you know, it's, it's obviously got that sense of humour, but it does feel like maybe sort of perhaps it should have come out in Halloween. I don't know. It's yeah. weird. It's a right. weird time to release this. Uh, it came out like a last Friday, I think. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. You know, it's more Borderlands. I like it. It's uh, it's a bit rough around the edges. I was playing on April Fool's Day and they miniaturized a few things in game without telling anyone. Right. So when my uh, co-op partner went into uh, his mech, which is his power, the mech was like a foot tall. And right. when I got onto the turret, I was just sat full size on top of this tiny little mech. However, it did then make the game really unstable because it froze and crashed twice that oh, day. Oh, God. So I still don't really understand how they they seem to prioritize balancing character builds, but not balancing the game. <laughs> because it does crash and still stutter a lot. Um, so... That's it's all fun and games doing April Fool's jokes until you make your own product unstable. I mean, that's exactly. that's kind of where the line is, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, still playing that, making making my way downtown through that. Uh, but then Resi 3 came out last night at the time of recording. Mm. So, I played the first half an hour of that, which goes right up to where the demo begins, which I have also played, so I, I just saved it there for now. But we've done a quip scope about it. You can go and watch that if you want to hear my my full thoughts on the first sort of half an hour of the game. The reviews have been fine for it; mm-hmm. they've been fine. But again, we talk about that in the quip scope, so yeah. go and uh, go and check that out if you want to hear a bit more. Finally, dreams played a bit more dreams on stream, and again, you know how I said I want to check in with that game about once a month. Yeah. It's come on so far. I bet. In, in the last I bet month. so much has happened, yeah. Uh, not just in the quality of some levels, but also because there's a sequel to The Quest for Cheese, which was that Wallace game, <laughs> which was unbelievable. Um, there are some some mini games, you know, experiences, whatever, in there that are genuinely just so impressive. And then there are, I mean, they really are upping their flip posting for want of a better term, yeah. Uh, levels. We played one called, um, which was just a short video that you could watch, because you know not all dreams are playable games. Yeah, and uh, it was Wario commits tax fraud was one. So you know okay. Nintendo don't like their characters being used. Yeah, I feel like this is almost a direct rebellion to that. <laughs> so there's Wario commits tax fraud. There was Wario has has a war flashback. Right. Among others, there were various sea uh, virus related levels where you play as Donald Trump, and there's my my Corona playing in the background, right, my Sharona, sorry, playing in the background, and you're firing toilet roll at aliens. Uh, it's it, you know, it's mad. What a game! For sake, so insane. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Brilliant. Well, that leaves us in a position that we often find ourselves in in a podcast yeah. where we've got a question two to read. What? Yeah. Since when? Since right now, since since at, at this very moment. I want you to read Tyler Huntoff's question. I will. Thank you, Tyler. Where do you guys get the latest gaming news? I'm new to video games media, thanks in large part to you guys. And aside from sites like Kotaku or IGN, I don't know where to get the latest real-time updates. Are there Twitter accounts you would recommend or some other social media? Ah. Well, you know, for me, I... I occasionally bop in to 
I guess I have a slight leaning towards Kotaku, but I think um, you know, I mean Polygon's quite good, but it's a it's a bit there's a bit much there. So there's a lot going on at Polygon. Um, I wouldn't go to IGN personally because again, there's there's so much going on there. That I think they've expanded into too many things personally. Mm. Um, Push Square's good, obviously for for your PlayStation stuff, but really. All my gaming news, and maybe this explains why I'm not on the button so much, all my gaming news just kind of comes from Twitter, because Twitter knows at this point that, you know, I have a either a, a job slash a penchant for for video gaming related you, things. Can you say that, that word can... again for me, please? Penchant. Thank you. Uh, it knows that I click on things and read things uh, about video games because algorithms, Alan Gore's rhythms. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So mostly I just kind of wait until stuff gets fed to me by either the trending tab or, you know, the various people who I follow in the industry as much as friends as anything else. Uh, You know, they they quite often post stuff because they're more professional than I am and they're an actual journalist um so yeah i'm not i'm not really i don't follow sort of any particular news outlet probably as much as i should but i I still kind of feel like i get to know a a lot of what's going on certainly the the biggest stories um i don't know about you do you do you follow a lot more than do you do you read sites on the regular I, t- I tend not to go to sites anymore either. I used to just sort of sit on sites and read stuff. Uh, mm. For me, yeah, it is. It's largely it's largely Twitter focused. There are some great accounts you can follow though um, to, to just sort of keep abreast of everything that's going on. And like you, I'm in that sort of bubble where I just get stuff pushed to me and recommended to me. And I already follow people who retweet stuff and like exactly. stuff that then pops up on my feed. Uh, so it's all sort of curated to me. But if you want to create that sort of environment for yourself, you can do by following certain accounts on Twitter. Um, as as Peter said, if you're after PlayStation news, Push Square is great. If you're after Nintendo news, Nintendo Life is great. Mm. Uh, Wario64 is a great follow on Twitter, posts a lot of leaks and deals and all sorts of other stuff. Jason Schreier is another great follow on Twitter. He's a writer for Kotaku who does all those big ex- exposés. So he has a lot of knowledge and back, back sort of, what am I trying to say? Insider information. Backsider information? <laughs> what is that? Uh, also, it's definitely worth following your favorite brands as well. Yeah. PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, publishers of your favorite games, developers of your favorite games. Games have, have their own Twitter accounts, which is usually all of them. And uh, there are usually region-specific variants as well. So there's like a PlayStation UK account mm-hmm. and stuff. So make sure you just follow... The accounts that you're interested in, you'll get largely you'll get news straight from the horse's mouth. But if you want all that other stuff, like oh, this weird thing happened to me in Animal Crossing, then that just sort of comes naturally by just following people who share interests, who yeah. through their own network find that and retweet it or like it, and then it will pop up in yours. And it'll come up in your in your trends and uh, you know the explore tab when you if you go beneath the the main trends in your region or worldwide, then then there's like you know, now I often get fed a tat like a little box of stories and tweets called video games that aren't from people who I follow, um, but they're just you know things that are popular in my kind of demographic. You know, Twitter just thinks you'll be interested in this. Look, here's here's someone who did a tweet about something, and it's got you know ten thousand likes. So here it is for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really I would I would I, almost the most effortless 
way of doing it is to just get yourself on Twitter if you're not there already and follow enough stuff that either the accounts that you're actually following are going to tweet stuff that you're going to see or that by virtue of you following those accounts, Twitter is going to feed other things to you as well. So, yeah. Also, um, outside Xbox, we didn't mention in terms of, you know, as you say, uh, Push Square and Nintendo Life. Outside Xbox are good, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which one are outside? I like. I don't follow any Xbox news. No, I know. Yeah, but um, they, they, well, they just they just do good stuff. They they do you know Xbox coverage. Um, oh, there you go. In a, in a kind of push square Nintendo Life kind of way. So excellent. Yeah. Uh, additionally, you know there there are lots of great podcasts out there. We don't really cover all the news that happens because we can't. And also, there's no point in going toe to toe with people sig- who have significantly larger audience than us why why compete over that ground when it's already so dominated mm-hmm. uh, so if you're after other news you know there's plenty of excellent gaming podcasts out there that do that on a on some on a daily basis yeah uh, you know so there's 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 definitely ways to keep up to speed if if you want to but there's there's a few suggestions for you talking of um keeping up with the news mm-hmm. of video games um, you know, not only by by sort of following and getting involved in all those things that we just listed, will you see the the regular news? You know, like oh, this just in: a game is coming out in in the next in next next years. Uh, but also, you'll see something. Uh, let me grab some paper. Oh. A little bit weird. Um, oh. uh, okay. Uh, so, so, what was that? Sorry. We- weird news. 
Yeah, I've, I've got I've got one right here. Um, go on then. Go go on then. <clears throat> Prepare for something that's probably probably not okay for the YouTube title. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man brings Tom Nook to life with his nipple. Right. How's that one going to work? Yeah. Well, this is unfortunately. You know, given that this is a podcast, this is a rather visual story, but I'll read it to you and the link will be available in the link dump of the video version of this podcast. Yes. This is written by Brian Ashcraft for Kotaku. And Brian says this. These are trying times. One man keeps making the internet a better place with his low-cost cosplay. Thank goodness for that. Kotaku okay, first I this profile. Guy. I know the low-cost cosplay man. Yeah. This yeah, I've him. seen a lot of his work. Okay. Well, he's outdone himself now. But... <laughs> okay. Kotaku first profiled a Nutcher Char saying chart. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, mm. AKA Lonely Man. Uh, and his inexpensive cosplay way back in 2014. Since then, he's continued to delight and amuse. His latest Tom Nook creation is something else. I'm going to send this to Ben Potter. For his viewing pleasure. Okay. Oh, through um, Discord. This, oh. <laughs> this isn't his first body paint cosplay. He's done memorable, cheeky ones before. And uh, I'll just send you this other one. And then I'll describe the two of them. Here's one example of another one he's done before. So... <laughs> Or two examples there. Oh, God. Okay, so absolutely anyone listening to this podcast needs to get into the link dump, click the link, and have a look at what is going on here. Um, Lonely Man has... It, <laughs> he's topless, okay? Um, it's a it's a sort of four-image four um, thing, a bit like on Twitter. You know, you, there's like four images together in a square. The first one is him... With his top off, holding a paintbrush and a palette of paints of blues, greens, and purples. Uh, the next shows him painting around his nipple a blue sky, Tom Nook's face, bit of bit of foliage, I believe is how it's pronounced, foliage. Yes. Um, and finally, uh, there's a full close-up, a side-by-side, of an actual picture of Tom Nook and the Tom Nook that he has done, which looks almost identical, but his little sort of brown snuffly 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 nose um in place of that is lonely man's nipple and it's it almost i don't think i would i wouldn't realize if you just sent me the picture on the left that has been taken from his torso i wouldn't know that that was a nipple no unless Uh, you told me i wouldn't clock it setting really yeah it is there's a lot that's quite a just sort of visible, visually upsetting. Uh, mm-hmm. The main thing, though, is that how how good an artist he appears to be. <laughs> yeah, when painting it sort of upside down on his own torso, that's a difficult position to paint from. It certainly is. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. A little repu- impressed, but quite repulsed, which Absolutely. is usually yeah, how definitely. you react to any of low cost cosplay's work. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the. The, the second one I sent uh, is a clever one because he's got an image where there's two people in it. So he's facing a mirror and you can see the mirror in the background, which has him 
painted up as some character from some anime game. I, I don't it's know what One he is. Piece, I believe. Right, and uh, but his back is also to the camera, so you can see his back and his his front in the reflection in the mirror, and he's used his own buttocks to be the large chest of a female character. Um, it's it's very clever. He's managed um, to do both at the same time. Yeah. So the the article just then lists a whole load of his uh you know of other examples there's some really clever ones there's one where he's um he's done like i think it's goku i don't really know the difference between any of those characters they all just have big hair and stuff but i think it's goku but his hair has just been made out of ps4 controllers like loads of them um which is which is pretty impressive Excellent. uh so everyone check it out it'll brighten your day the article then just ends pretty much. It's just a whole string of images from low cost cosplay, and then it says, "Be sure to follow him on Instagram." Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I thought that was a vital update on low cost cosplay. Just the the Tom Nook nipple nose. The nipple nose. Wow. Good lord. Well, yeah. you know, just make sure there are no kids in the room when you open it because it's absolutely uh, it's filth. Absolute yeah. filth. Speaking of filth. Peter, you know you wanted to play that Star Wars Jedi Academy. I did. We now go to PC Gamer. This is from Jonathan Balding. Accidental crossplay between Star Wars Jedi Academy on PC and console is a slaughter. There is accidental crossplay, is there? How is yes. it accidental? Well, we'll find out, I suppose. We will. Jeez, weird. Star Wars Jedi Knight Academy first released in 2003 and its innovative and still unique lightsaber dueling mechanics garnered a fanatical group of players that have kept up the game for nearly 17 years. Rightly so. Just this week, developer Asper Asper Media re-released Jedi Academy on PS4 and Nintendo Switch with updated controls for modern consoles and it seems like the appeal is still going strong. Plus, the general multiplayer modes are fully functional. It does nearly everything the old PC game does. It also does these things perhaps too well, including apparently accidental crossplay between PC and console, because by direct connecting to the IP of the unlisted console multiplayer servers, PC players are able to join those games. Weird. Some of those players just want to hang out with the new blood in an old game. Others are fighting as unfairly as they can. The contrast between keyboard and mouse advantage, plus more than a decade of gameplay know-how against uh, how Jedi Academy controls on consoles, is not pretty. It is, in fact, kind of a slaughter. Yeah. Some console players are understandably furious, asking for the IPs, IPs of console servers to be hidden. Other PC players are decrying the toxic players invading console servers, instead trying to welcome new players into the JKA community. Responses to Aspir's latest tweet is a good example of, of the kind of social media turmoil going on around the game right now. They sort of uh, just tweeted saying, hey, does anybody want cheats? Here's how you get <laughs> cheats. And everyone's sort of saying... Why? Why? Just, just fix it, please. Yeah. This isn't what anybody wants. Um, but it seems now they have confirmed that they are going to try and fix that for people. That's such a weird thing, because normally... I mean, cross-play is a pretty rare thing, even nowadays. You know, I know it's it's in maybe sort of the past year or two, it has become a lot more commonplace, I think, by quite a large amount. But it's still... You don't get a lot of cross-play out there. And then suddenly this game comes along. Like, this this could have been a really good story, couldn't it? Where, like, oh, it turns out there's, like, 
this crossplay that you can do. It wasn't even necessarily intended. It's great. Mm. Everyone's having a great time doing a bit of Jedi Knight crossplay. Um, but it's not a good time because I've played it on PC and on console before. And I can confirm that having a mouse makes all the difference in that game. <laughs> like the control scheme is so, you know, the you can do so much more uh, and react so much quicker um yeah. with a mouse so yeah i can imagine it is an absolute bloodbath and I, also as as the article pointed out the pc gamers have probably been playing it for you know they've they've, they've been able to play it non-stop for 10 years or whatever so mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. those of the, the the people who have been doing that will be very good at the game um so can you God. be a sith in that game that's wild what was that sorry can you be a sith mm-hmm. you can i mean it's a it's like an RPG, so you choose sort of light side, dark side. Um, you choose a, a light side or a dark side ending, um, and you you choose quote unquote light side or dark side force powers as you go along. Um, you're told by your teacher right at the start. Now remember, there's no inherently good or bad powers. It's about how you use them, right? But then as you're picking powers, some of them are coloured red and some of them are coloured blue. And if you start picking too many red ones as the game goes on, he says, oh, you need to be careful uh, picking all those bad powers there. And it's like, well, you said they weren't bad. It's just how I use them, you know? No. So, well, there's but... definitely a bad way to use them if you're invading console players. Absolutely. That's a Sith power, I think. Crossplay. It is. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I was just wondering. You know, is it just a load of Sith Lords showing up and destroying new players, or is it a load of Jedi's just killing other Jedi's? I'm not really sure how the multiplayer works in this game. Yeah, no, everyone's just trying to kill each other, even if you're a Jedi. Oh, okay. You know, um, cool. So yeah, that just sounds about right. Everyone turning up and killing everyone, and you can be like a sort of grey Jedi if you like as well. You can kind of have like two two blue powers and two red powers. So there's no there are no hard and fast rules. Um, right. Yeah. Well, Godspeed, everyone on console who wants to play online. Yeah. I don't think it's been fixed yet. Right. I might give it a miss for now then. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah. There we go. That's my weird news. We've got another question, Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is from Aaron May. Um, Aaron says, Game streaming, Stadia, X, uh, xCloud, GeForce Now, etc., has some very heavy network requirements, and I would think it eats up more data and bandwidth than video streaming. However, with so many people isolated at home, the internet is getting stressed like never before. Do you think this will significantly impact the game, uh, impact game streaming's future? It's a good question, Aaron. Um, mm. I know that me and you have... Ex- I don't know if this is because of, like, heavy loads on the internet or if it's just sort of coincidental but me and you have experienced a few net issues this week haven't we with various websites and with just connectivity in general and you know yeah in fact we've we're experiencing it right now so much so that i barely heard any of that question asked and i'm not going to cut this out of the podcast because i feel like this is relevant to the question (laughs) but i think we should both quickly hang up the call keep recording and then hop back in it again just to see if that improves things okay why not Here, here we go Right. Hello. Hello. D- d- maybe this has improved. Who's who's to say? I mean, I'm now on one out of three on this. Oh no, it's gone up to three now. Okay. Oh, there we are. Yeah, you sort of you broke up for me for a split second there, and now it's improved. But uh, that's what's happening right now. Um, mm. 
there are there are problems all over the internet. Uh, I know that Netflix and I think iPlayer and probably lots of other streaming services as well have intentionally lowered their resolution uh, just to try and ease up on on the the traffic going all over the interwebs because mm-hmm. everyone's watching streaming services at home right now. So I think you can only get things at like 720p maybe top. That's, that's uh, enough P's really, isn't it? You don't need more P's than that. It is. We've, we've been streaming at 720p or at least yeah. when when we remember to set the resolution as that. Yes. Uh, just just to make it easier for people to watch at home. Um, but that's another example as well in, in that I know some people in our chat have been having issues where the chat's not working for them. I know Lord Brotovich had it. Um mm. And it's happened on your stream and my stream, I've heard from people. So it's not necessarily, it's not like a host problem. It seems to be a Twitch issue. Um, mm. Again, but any one of these problems, just because they're happening this week or last week, doesn't necessarily mean they're, as a, they're a direct result of, you know, the increased traffic because of the C-virus. You know, mm-hmm. things sometimes just happen to online services at, at times and they have technical issues. You know, me and you had a problem with YouTube, the YouTube dashboard last week, didn't we? And we were both yep. having the same issue on our own computers so there are problems everywhere it seems and it's hard to know how many of them are caused by the c virus and i don't know whether it'll affect streaming services although we do have a we have an expert's opinion here don't we ben we do you know when that's that's all very true what you just said when Mm. when applied specifically to the question about streaming yeah games which is you know it's not so much streaming games now but game streaming's future in general which we will we'll get onto in a second but in terms of how streaming games is going now we we know precisely one person who streams games <laughs> and that's Sam Driver from Cultaholic so yeah. I sent him a message yesterday and asked him hey could you boot up the the Google Stadia and let me know how it's working and 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 I quote Playing the same as ever, no buffering, no issues, very slight quality drops for a fraction of a second here and there, but overall Destiny 2 and Grid ran without any issues. Now, when we've spoken to Sam about it before, about Stadia, he's made it clear that actually uh, it's it runs fine on even sort of 2-3 megabits. It mm. may not be in 4K or what have you, but it's still, it's, it's, it's much like streaming a uh, a movie from Netflix or something where the quality will drop so that the the, the playing experience is stable at least, so that yeah. the visual quality you're going to get on your end. Uh, so as far as it goes for now, it seems to be running about as well as anything else is at the moment, which is to say it works, but it might not be perfect, but it works. Uh, however, in terms of the future, you say, do you think this will significantly impact game streaming's future? I would imagine that people will probably ease off streaming games for now if they encounter any issues but i think everyone knows that there are there are caps on on services all all across the web at the moment all mm. across the internet any internet connected service there are caps on them playstation network xbox live they're all working to sort of restrict speeds across their networks to try and lower that strain and uh i think everybody knows that so for now Yes, there may be fewer people streaming games, but certainly when this when these caps are lifted or relaxed and things start to improve, then you know game streaming is going to probably just pick right back up where it left off. And as a digital platform, as we have discussed several times in the past few weeks, they they stand in a very good position to offer 
crazy redonkadonk deals to try and coax people in. So they may actually see an uptick if if they have the right deals available for people. But, you know, once this is all over, I think things will just return to normal. People won't see this and think, oh, damn, clearly game streaming is just ruined forever. I think everyone just knows that inherently at the moment, game streaming might not be a viable option. Although, according to Sam, it appears to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it obviously depends... Getting Sam to to check for us it very much. It, it depends on what time of day he did it, and you know, it, it, there's all kinds of variables involved. So mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's difficult for us to know exactly whether there are any changes. But even if there were, if you know Sam got lucky, but actually there are there are people suffering because of the as you say the strain on the the services around the globe. Um, I think provided that games are still playable, you know, albeit maybe at a lower resolution. Um, Not only do I think that people will be forgiving and think, well, yeah, when this is all over, I'm happy to carry on playing my streaming service because I understand the the situation right now and why it's causing issues. But as I say, if the games are still playable at present, then I think they could see an uptick here and now, even though the quality of their service may have gone down you know, this is another service where people are able to engage in this from home when they're shut up. You know, it's uh, you, you see a, s- certain industries are being affected by this badly and some industries are being uh, are, are seeing positive effects. You know, supermarkets are, make, are making 200 percent or 300 percent of their week of their of their sales like per week. Um, you know, YouTube uh content creators and streamers are seeing big uh, bigger audiences we are for sure um and i think streamed video games um are probably also seeing certainly a higher demand whether they're able to meet that demand is i mean that's essentially what the entire question is about and we we can't say for sure based just on sam's uh sam's answer but you mm-hmm. know not only do i think people will be more forgiving when this is over but um, you know, Stadia, for example, may be seeing more players right now than they do normally, and that might be benefiting them. So, you know, they might be yeah. they might be doing well from this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but in terms of how it impacts on game streaming's future, I wouldn't imagine that this will have no. too much of an impact. You know, it's Google really that we're talking about here, and they're not going to suffer a, a, a financial loss through this period, however long it lasts, so great that they decide to pack it in every company is aware of what's going on Uh, most companies are 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 doing okay some aren't but google certainly will be fine and uh and i imagine you'll see you'll see them continue to push stadia as hard as they have done if not harder once this is all over and i don't think public perception will have shifted at all certainly no so it should be okay right it's time peter Let me just... I've got to find my paper. Oh, yeah. Hang on. It's time, Peter, for a section that requires paper. Do you have your paper? I've got one right here. It's time for the big discussion. Big discussion time. I've got a question. It's a question from Christian Sturt. I think you should read it. uh, You know what? Peter, do you know what? What? Uh, I will. Oh, okay, then. Here we go. To the lads or ladies... Last week, you touched on the impact of the C-virus on the world of gaming, but you didn't mention high street retailers. Now, I'm not talking about retailers like CEX, that with, with, a, with a C YouTube, don't demonetize the video. Thank you, Christian. 
as I think there will always be a place for these. But with the ongoing downfall of video game retailers on the high street, is this now their final swan song? Stay safe during these tough times. Much love, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Christian. Well, I mean, I, would, I, would, I know we're not including CEX, but I would also like to point out that they are equally as closed as... I mean, we're going to probably keep this more UK-specific here. Yeah. Um, because we know that GameStop in the US has had ongoing issues for a long, long time, and you know they're they're probably screwed, and we have no real insight to offer there because I've never been in a GameStop in my entire life. Well, especially uh, since they didn't, they weren't able to develop that vaccine that people were talking no, about. No, they they were so close as well. They were yeah. so close to getting that vaccine done. Uh, but certainly Game in the UK is obviously the company we're going to be talking about today. And we've spoken about Game before. If you're not in the UK, we spoke about their Christmas tinners and so yes. on. And they've had various financial turmoil in the past. Uh, they seem to be on fairly steady footing. And every sort of it seems every year you hear, oh, Game suffers new, is looking for another new owner. But then it just keeps limping on. And then you yeah. hear no more about it for a while. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Game today. Uh, both have shut all of their high street stores. I'm talking about CEX as well. But both are available online. Before we get into some stats and some figures and some article quoting about what Game has decided to do in mm. in relation to uh, the C-virus, I actually haven't been into a physical game store for a while, mainly because it appears the one in Newcastle has just vanished from the yeah. shopping center where I thought it was. Uh, but also because I actually, the last number of things I've bought from them have been from their online store. And mm-hmm. they now exist as an online store. CEX, as Christian said, they'll be fine. Because as long as people want pre-owned stuff, there will be pre-owned stuff to yeah. sell. Uh, but they also exist online. And they're probably going to do okay online. They don't have as much of a web presence. But games, certainly, as someone who's not been into a physical game shop for a long, long time, I'd if I were to need something from game, I would buy it online anyway. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean that that's the thing is that you know as as you say and I think as Christian said as well, the industry that the, the the high street gaming sales industry is was already in trouble. Game were already in trouble. Things are going to be worse now inherently because everyone's suffering. All high street stores are suffering, gaming or not. You know. Um, I think if you've got an online um, component to your business, then you know you, you're in a position to still be able to make your sales and so on, um, even if you've had to close all your stores. Um, so gamer lucky in that respect, but there's a bunch of high street stores out there that don't have an online uh, component. Certainly, independent high street retailers. Um, you know, sometimes you get little game stores. There's one in um, there's one in Granger Market, for example, in Newcastle. There's a guy who just sells games there. Um, I think they're mostly mm-hmm. pre-owned. Or they, I think they're all pre-owned. Um, you know, somewhere like that, you're kind of in trouble there because you're not able to sell anything online. Whereas somewhere like CEX and Game, they can do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I think th- that's exactly where where it comes. Well, that's what it comes down to is that um, Game has an online presence, CEX has an online presence, and as you say, we'll probably be able to ride this out anyway, even if they didn't, because people are always going to want their service. Um, but uh, you, you've just got to hope that uh, these companies are able to to limp on through by making their online sales. Um, 
You know, it's ironic, really, because, you know, a place like Game, the reason I, as far as I'm aware, the reason that Game has suffered so much in the past few years is because they've kind of, um, they've, they've suffered a, a big loss in their sales because everyone's buying their stuff online on Amazon or, you know, or, or buying digital stuff directly from the PlayStation Store, for example, um, and they're not mm. going into game stores anymore. So it's, there is some kind of irony there in that, like, Game is now their only hope is online sales, uh, which was the thing that's been causing them problems in the first place. So it's a strange thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is strange. I think game is fortunate in the UK because they're such an institution. They mm. have a lot of exclusive editions of things. So the things I bought from yeah. them recently were my, uh, I think that the, the ultimate edition of Borderlands 3, when that came out, I bought all of the, only on PlayStation collections with the really cool sleeves, the cardboard sleeves that they came with. That mm -hmm. was exclusive to game. I pre-ordered Final Fantasy VII Remake and the cheesecake from them uh, <laughs> because the, not the cheesecake, but the remake comes in a really nice steel book if you buy a certain edition of it. And that right. was exclusive to there. So as long as they're able to do that, people like me who do own more digital games than physical games at this point, and do tend to buy digital more than physical. And obviously, you know, we get codes for things every so often. Uh, when they do buy physical, they, it tends to be, at least in my case, that they want physical because they want it on their shelf. And it's because it's important that they want to own it physically. Uh, it's not so much a financial cost. It's yeah. more of a, oh, cool. This is the game I've been waiting for since 1997. What's the coolest version available? Oh, game stocks it. Well, I'll get it from game then. So as long as they're able to do that, uh, you know, neither of us are retail experts, certainly. We're not business experts. All we can do is report on things and offer, offer our opinions, which mm. are often, you know, ill-informed in, in certain areas. We can't tell them how to get through this, but certainly you would imagine a lot of their outgoings are going to be paying their staff. And now that they've sent all their staff home, are they going to be able to save money, Peter Austin? Are they going to be able to save money? Tell me your opinion. I'll tell you my opinion according to Eurogamer. Um, okay. I actually have an equivalent article about this from Kotaku open in a tab as well that I saw just before we went uh, started recording. But uh, we've got a quote here from Eurogamer. Um, Gamers put um, staff across its business on furlough with full pay until the end of April. Uh, on the 24th of March, Game was forced to close all of its 247 stores after the government shut all shops selling non-essential goods. I think I think video games are an essential good, personally. Uh, I don't, yeah, absolutely. I guess. Let's I, all I, stand up at 8pm and applaud our game staff. Yeah. Um, in an email sent last night, uh, that's the 31st of March, uh, and seen by Eurogamer, Fraser's group, in, in brackets, Mike Ashley's retail business, notified Ooh. furloughed staff it will pay them their regular pay from the 26th of March up to the 30th of April 2020. But it cannot guarantee full pay, or jobs even, after the end of April. This regular pay, Eurogamer understands, is worked out based on average monthly income rather than contracted hours, which will come as some relief to the many game staff on low hours contracts, uh, but, full, full, uh, but, but work full-time hours. So... It's the sort of mix, really, of good news and bad news in that respect. Um, mm. You know, as you say, Ben, you know, they're, 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 the staff have gone home. Um, I believe being furloughed, that's like, that's the gov government sort of uh, scheme, though, isn't it? So that's not even coming out of 
games pocket question mark i think think, i mean the article implies they're still going to be paid by game that's what it says but like isn't that what mm, let me just let me let me look for the exact definition of furlough from what i understand furlough is is a move that a company can take during extreme times Mm. of um of what's it sort of the the economy going through uh, a very tough period, shall we say? But I think they still have to then make a call about whether or not they they pay their yeah. Their no, staff. I see. I think that they're now. just sort of put on permanent leave until things are improved, right? That's furlough. Yeah. So my my confusion was that some people who are being furloughed by companies, if the company is unable to pay them and can prove that and that they sort of don't need them, um, I think the government can step in and help pay for something like. Up to oh, this is all very citation needed, but this is just sort of things I've heard. I right. think it's like eighty percent of their pay. I think the government, is, in certain cases, are stepping in where people have been furloughed. Um, but yeah, evidently that's not always the case. And here, in in the case of game, it sounds like game has furloughed the staff, but they will be paying the wages until uh, till the end yeah. of April. So yeah, yeah. In, in any case, it's a it's a mixture. It's a good it's good news and bad news. You know, the staff obviously have been sent home because of governmental decree. Um, so that was, I'm sure that was a, a worrying thing for those staff. But the good news for them is they're going to be paid until the end of April. The bad news is, game can't guarantee full pay after that, or even the jobs that those people have. So mm-hmm. that is that is a problem, and that's worrying. Absolutely. And this goes for any business as well. Nobody knows when this is going to end. Mm-hmm. And game may, after April decide that actually if we are going to survive we can't continue to pay staff that are on furlough and and that's it and that is obviously awful for staff but it may well be necessary if game want to survive uh and and if they if they do continue to pay staff you know how long are they going to pay them for i'm not saying that they shouldn't uh, pay staff because obviously everyone who has a job should be paid for it during uncertain times but if we're talking about the survival of game the company then this is why they've said we're going to pay you through the end of april but then after that i don't know we'll we'll have to find out won't we yeah uh, so they'll they they'll probably still exist in an online capacity and obviously the people working in the warehouses and people who can work from home in terms of you know the uh, the corporate structure of the business will continue to do so but retail staff who work in the shops uh, may not be paid anymore which you know is awful yeah. but th- that that may well be purely because you know the game will not exist afterwards if they don't yeah no no it's 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 such a strange thing it's a, it's such a strange world that we're in right now mm-hmm. because the, the 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 weird thing is that you know it's not Normally, when a when a business goes under, it's because um, you know there's like been a drop on on demand for that that business's goods or services. You know, maybe a competitor has come along, or maybe the quality of the goods or services have, have dipped. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons. As you say, we're not we're not business experts, but you know that's that's a, a sort of layman's thing. Um, the the reason that so many people are in trouble right now is not because no one wants their services or no one's going to want their services when this is all over it's just a sort of a cash flow situation and it's because no one's able to go out and and buy a nice top from from next or buy a little figurine from game 
um, from the physical store, you know, that's obviously affecting the revenue of that business. Um, but the the strange thing is that we all know that when this is all over, we're still going to want to go out and buy physical games and nice steel books from game. But it, mm-hmm. it's just a case of limping on, isn't it? And you, you've just got to hope that game and CEX and everyone really is able to just get through this um, and make it out the other side. And then hopefully, hopefully snap back. Uh, I do also, I've, I've, I have confirmed that I think the government is paying certain employees uh, up to 80% uh, of their wages, or it goes via the employer. They're paying the employer 80% of the wages that they normally give out if there's if there's furlough uh, in right. place. Okay, um, well then that that creates something of a of a safety cushion there. But yeah. they may they may well still decide not to do that after April just to just to keep the business alive. But fortunately for for game who clearly exist in this physical retail space, we now turn to gamesindustry.biz who reported earlier this week over 340,000 boxed video games were sold in the UK last week according to GFK Figures. That's a market research company in case mm. you weren't sure. It is a drop of 28% compared to the previous week, but that was the release window of Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is the biggest game launch of the year so far. Compared to the week before, which is a fairer comparison, boxed game sales are up 124%. It's a strong performance for the physical games market, which has had to endure the closure of numerous stores, including Game, and it also says, and Argos. And I don't know how many people are buying games from Argos. As a result of a nationwide lockdown to slow the spread of the C virus. So that bodes well. Obviously, that may partly be, be because some people didn't get Doom and Animal Crossing the week before. But uh, certainly people are still interested. It's not bad news. People are still wanting physical games. We yeah. have no idea how long this is going to go on for. Businesses don't either. Staff may be let go as this continues, just so businesses can almost almost go into a kind of hibernation. Yeah, it's where they really still sort that, of operate. Yeah. With, with a skeleton crew of people who can run a warehouse and keep the online infrastructure running for the website. But that's kind of it. I think game will probably make it through this. But honestly, who's to say? I don't know how long this is going to happen for. The mm. longer it goes on, the less likely it is any business makes it through without serious intervention from the government, which there appears to be, at least on some level. But for some companies, it won't be enough. Uh, I think... I'd like to think game will make it out of the other side. I don't want to see game close. I wouldn't revel in that at all. And no. and as I said, I do buy things from them online from time to time because they sell stuff that I'm interested in. But the re- the realistic situation is nobody knows when this is going to end and nobody knows what it's going to take to keep a business alive during this period. Everyone's just sort of rolling with the punches and learning as we go. So we will see. I don't know is the answer. Well, and again, the the other problem is not just a case of can we weather can game for example, can game weather the storm and, you know, say it's like the the last day of August, you know, most of the lockdown or most of the, you know, the the major um, you know, interventions are dropped and people are able to go back into their game shops and things like that. Say it's the end of, end of August as a random random date. If game is able to make it that far and you make it out the other side, the other issue is then whether there's like a recession, you know? And if there's yeah. a recession as a result of all the problems to the economy, not just the games industry, um, 
game might have survived the worst of the the C virus and the lockdown, but then if no one's got any money to spend and sales drop as a result of that, then that's a whole other issue, isn't it? So mm-hmm. it's a case of even if we get through this and if you know all the companies who survive the the main phase of lockdown and strong social distancing measures, you kind of not to not to end on a bad note, but they won't be out of the woods yet, and we've got to hope that um you know everyone uh everyone is able to still go and support these businesses once we're physically able to you know hopefully we we need to hope that we're financially able to support them once we're actually physically allowed to go and support them in the store Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's a it's a worrying time something you can do for your local restaurants as well that may be really struggling at the moment or may have just closed is see if they have any kind of online presence and see if you can buy gift cards for them and then just go and spend them when when it's all over and you're able Mm. to go back in uh but you know let us know what you think as always in the comments below it is an uncertain time even top business analysts probably don't know what's going on. So I feel like, really, we're just as qualified. Hey! Uh, but, you know, we cited a couple of sources there that, uh, that that hopefully fill in the situation for some of you who perhaps weren't quite as familiar uh, with what's going on. Peter, where can people go if they would like to interact with us and let us know what they think? We're at Team Triple Jump. Anywhere you look, uh, youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. It's where all of our content goes out. There is a new YouTube channel uh, where we're putting out our VODs, isn't there? Do we have a custom URL? Oh, you can go to um, triplej.merp forward slash VOD or VODs. I think various variations of that work. It's case sensitive, but there's all caps and all lowercase. So those are the three places now you can see our content. Yeah. We do streams on Twitch mainly at the moment. Um, five days a week. Five five days a week. Crikey! Um, and that's being modded by Lobrotovich and Cecil Prumps, as always. They're doing a great job. Our yeah. social media: Twitch, uh, uh, Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Luke Eldon looking after the Facebook, even from the isolation of his own home, presumably. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump is where you can support us if you want to support the things you enjoy. There's all kinds of rewards there, including access to an exclusive room in our uh, Discord, which is bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. Um, and the Discord is modded by Jack, Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. There's all kinds of other Patreon rewards, though. Go check them out. The audio version of this podcast is at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump but you can also find it on spotify etc um we've got a website triple that's where you can find the the link to the vods channel uh we got careers there and we are actually advertising right now for a uh, a new full-time in-office uk newcastle-based video editor mm-hmm. um so uh that's that's pretty much it that is it yeah yeah that that that's all, that's all of all. those triple jump links. Yeah, go do them. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude on Instagram at that Peter Austin and at Ben Potter twenty. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Oh. 
Jesus, over on twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Worst games ever, it's fortnightly Friday for patrons of a certain tier. That's two days early, Sunday for everyone else. It is a worst games ever week. There would have been an episode out for every uh, for patrons yesterday. And Sunday we'll be doing another YouTube premiere. So yeah. if you'd like to come along and watch live with everybody else and be in the chat, then you can do that. The podcast is every Saturday. We try to do shows every so often. We're running out of shows, but there will <laughs> be one next week. Uh, I think it's an episode of Main Menu, so be excited. And um, um, although we are running out of shows, it's sort of pre-recorded shows, I think we're obviously working on ways we can fill in those gaps, maybe film the same shows remotely or kind of come up with, with not filler content, because that sounds bad. No. But, you know, replacement content, just that is easier to do from the situation that we are in, but will still be equally good. Yeah, single-use content. You know, one that you can use once and then throw in the bin. That that kind of content. Yeah, yeah. It's bad that, for the environment. One. Mm, precisely. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Oh, by the way, we did a Cats Protection League stream this week. Don't know if you saw it. <laughs> we raised £1,904.20, which is £4.20 more than the last stream. Fantastic. Brilliant job. And I'd also like to thank Salsamander Zero, who donated just as we went off air. We didn't get a chance to, to, yeah. to thank you, uh, who pushed it up to 190420. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for giving so unbelievably generously. It's all gone to the cats. Uh, it, it goes to benefit them and keep them happy and safe. And it especially helps during this time because they've had to close all their adoption centers. So staff are still at risk and having to go in and, and look after the cats and stuff. So yeah. uh, thank you so much for for giving so generously and coming along. And what else we got here? Oh, streams. Talked about that. We're doing loads of those, aren't we? Tons yeah. of them. Worst games ever. Done that. Virtual Boy list. We did another ranked list this week for April Fools, although we were the April Fool, really. We did every <laughs> Virtual Boy game ranked from worst to best. You can go and watch oh that now. It's, uh, it's not as painful to look at as you might imagine. It's actually all right. As long as you're not putting your face into the Virtual Boy console itself... It's okay to watch in video form. Yeah, it's just very red. It's quite safe, very red. And finally, as Peter said, we now have a channel for the VODs. So this is something we always wanted to do anyway. We've been saving, with exception of a couple, we've mm. been saving every single one of our VODs since we switched over and stopped uploading them to YouTube. So this was always our intention. But if we're going to make this viable, we need to hit a couple of milestones so that we can actually monetize the channel. We need to hit 1,000 subscribers, and we need to get 4,000 hours of watch time. Now, 4,000 hours, that sounds like a lot. But if two, if just 2,000 people watched a two-hour VOD from start to finish, then there's our 4,000 hours. Yeah. It's, it's, it's easily doable, but we need your help to do it. So if you're interested in that VODs channel, if you're one of the many people who consistently asks us about where to see VODs or whether it will be uploaded to YouTube, that is how it's going to work now. As Peter said, triplejer.mup forward slash VODs. It'll take you to a brand new YouTube channel, which is going to host all of our VODs. We're just drip feeding stuff onto it to begin with to, to hit that threshold. But as soon as we hit the threshold where we can monetize stuff, all of the VODs will be uploaded. And that's where all of them will go from now on. And those are the Twitch VODs, by the way. The Thursday joint streams that Peter and I do together, those will still be going on the regular channel. But the other individual solo VODs, 
that we haven't been uploading to YouTube will now go on this VODs channel. So triplejr.mup forward slash VODs, please go and subscribe. Please go and watch the VODs that are available there. Help us tick up over that threshold so we can actually make this worthwhile. And uh, that's where you'll be able to see all the VODs from, from now on. It'll stay on Twitch as well if you want to watch them there. Yeah, well, <sighs> um, that, that's it. We, we did it. We did it. We got to the end. We had a lot of um, cool issues today. I think we both really struggled to hear one another because it was yeah. going all, all robot-y and, uh, and cutting out. But we did make it through. We got yeah. there in the end. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you yeah. next time. Just just, uh, just a moment to thank our sponsors again. Final Fantasy VII Cheesecake, bundled with Final Fantasy VII Remake at certain supermarkets. Go check it out. Square.enix forward slash cheesecake dot uh, IGN forward slash Kotaku uh, hyphen cheesecake dot Final Fantasy. There's loads. Go check wow. it out. Wow. That's, that's quite, so, the, quite the Earl there. My name it's is a real Earl. Earl. Yeah. It's a real Earl. Right, Good. we'll see you next time, everybody. Wash your hands. See you Do soon. It. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.